and welcome to the Heart Guide Media Podcast. I am your host, Jesse HS, and today we are doing an episode about director Kevin Tenney. Kevin S. Tenney, as he was once credited as in some of his earlier works. Uh, a really interesting uh, guy as far as his filmography goes. He made some really interesting and fun films that, you know, kind of deemed me to kind of delve into this with someone who uh, shares a very on the same level love uh, of Kevin Tenney's work. Uh, Someone I've discussed uh, in great detail uh, his work and his movies, specifically uh, my personal favorite film of his, and I'm sure everybody... Can ag- a lot of people can agree with this. Night of the Demons from 1988, landmark film in my eyes as far as horror goes. Uh, something I grew up watching. But today, I have my, one of my uh, best friends, Brian C. Tyler, here to discuss the uh, work, the filmography, the uh, career, so to speak, of uh, Kevin S. Tenney. Brian, glad to have you on. I'm glad to be here. You should be. So, when was what was the first Tenny film you saw? Because I mean, Night of the Demons was definitely the first one I saw. What was the first one you saw? It was either Witchboard Two or Witch Trap. I rented them both at Video King when I was a kid. No shit. Now I know so, lots of nostalgia there. Yeah, VHS Jesse, the golden age. Yeah. Uh, and I know that which board, like, for one, Night of the Demons, I don't think I ever saw on actual, like, on, like, Cinemax or Showtime or whatever. But the sequels, for whatever reason, I saw a lot on, like, HBO and Cinemax. The second and the third one, I saw a few times, like, growing up, they would play them, like, late at night or whatever. And those ones would always play. I never saw the original on, like, Cinemax or HBO or Showtime. I did... Although the first one I saw was the original Night of the Demons, which I rented, and then once I found it, I obviously just fell in love. Was that a Video King too? No, that was Sight and Sound. See, I just that, I just bought it when I was a kid at Media Play. Really? Media Play. Remember that place? A dead franchise. But it was amazing. A franchise well, it store. It was a great store. They were a little overpriced, but they literally, anytime we went there for... For whatever, I swear they always had it. They never were, like, missing anything. For for whatever reason, someone, whoever was keeping inventory at those stores was fucking, like, had their hand on the pulse of awesome shit. Because they incessantly had amazing shit. They never, like... Every time I went there to go find something, they always had it. They're like, what the fuck are you doing, guys? We're almost out of madman <laughs> No, seriously, they're they're like, what the fuck? We just had some kid come and buy fucking Night of the Demons. Can we get the the this one and the second and third in stock right now? Uh, we just sold our last <laughs> copy of Blood and Black Lace. I am stressing out, man. Can, can we fucking be stocked here? <laughs> so I have an announcement to make. Announce. I actually asked Kevin Tenney if he would like to be on the podcast tonight, and he read it. <laughs> well i actually when i met him at uh the new jersey new jersey horror con a few weeks ago i'd kind of like asked him like if he'd be interested in doing it like right there on the spot i think i didn't i didn't say i don't think i 
talked properly about it because like it made you're it, not talking properly exactly right like right there um and not because i was like blown away by his stardom uh, yeah <laughs> but i when i asked him like i was like hey i got this podcast like would you be interested in maybe, like, doing a little, like, sound clip for it? And I think he thought, like, hey, do you want to go in another room? Like, I have recording equipment. I think he thought that when I said podcast. Uh-huh. He didn't realize that I was doing it from my fucking phone. So right. I, I literally should have been like, I do it right on my phone. Just say fucking yada, 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 yada. Um, so I probably should have. Uh, but he said, like, he, people had been hitting him up all the time. So Yeah, I'm sure he gets, like, a million offers. Oh, cause... yeah. So... Uh, I didn't really care or stress about it, but he, uh, it was funny, I was talking to him, cause he had a slew of his movies that, sc- like, Scream Factory obviously did, like, uh, Night of the Demons, um, and he had, like, uh, a bunch of copies of Vinegar Syndrome's, like, the, uh, Witch Trap, and he had, you know, Scream Factory copies of Witchboard and stuff, and I go, yep. hit a big case of them, and I go, well, how, what's the deal with all the copies? Did you get them for free? Do you get a discount? He's like, I get a really great discount. And then, you know, they give them to me to sell. And I was like, oh, that's, well, that's fucking cool that they at least do that. Yeah. So, I I mean, I didn't really dive into it any further than that. I probably should have been like, well, do you, like, hit them up and be like, hey, I'm the director. Like, uh, can I get fucking 30, a box of 30 of these or something? But, uh, and I got a cool little 8x10 and just talked with him a bunch. And he signed it, um, Eatable. Because we had talked about, uh eatable fuck you know infamous line from uh none of the demons by one hell heavens yeah who's a fucking tv like he's in so much like tv like so many tv shows like he's like a working actor like he's legit i know i died when he showed up on parks and recreation he's probably got a more legit film career than anyone that was associated with that film too so that um brings me to the question i was gonna ask you what's that did you purposely model your personality after stooge in night of the demons i mean we are fat we are blonde so there's that but i mean there are definitely similarities between stooge and i i'm just talking personality you like are stooge i feel like i'm friends with stooge when i watch that movie (laughs) when i watch it i feel so cool because i'm like i'm friends with that guy well, thank you. Uh, well, I try to be as big of a dickhead as I possibly can, mainly to my friends, so they can just preach the good word of me being a fuckface. Yeah. <laughs> well, You're like, yeah. It works. Well, thank you for the comparison to Hell Heavens. I'll take it as a compliment. You're well, it, it is a compliment. Now, it's the best one I could possibly give you. Now, I guess we'll, we'll talk about his films right now. I mean, let's dive right in, obviously... We talked a little bit about Night of the Demons, but let's just dive into everything that is Night of the Demons because it really is. It's up there with one of my favorite films of all time. It's definitely one of my favorite films to watch around this season, Halloween mm-hmm. season. It's perfect, bro. Well, I mean, it takes place on Halloween. And it was going to be, the original title was Halloween Party. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, just taking place around Halloween doesn't mean it feels like Halloween. We right. saw it. 31 right yeah and this one actually i mean it literally feels like walking through like a haunted house someone set up yeah. like it oozes halloween atmosphere yeah it definitely does um the soundtrack was something that always i mean me being kind of like uh, you know a music guy like that was one of the first things i connected with was the music in the film yeah. uh you know you got it's an awesome soundtrack yeah you got Bauhaus, you got lamont who I think Kevin's brother Dennis 
wrote the Beast Inside. I think he was yeah. a part of Lamont, right? I like thought, the, I thought he just did the Beast Inside. I could be. Well, thinking. I think that's credited as Lamont. Oh, if really? I'm not mistaken, yeah. Wait, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you are. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, Lamont did. Um, maybe we're both wrong. Maybe we're both wrong. Lamont did Flesh to Flesh for Return of the Living Dead 2. Yes. And I'm almost positive that Lamont was credited for for doing uh, The Beast Inside. Well, anyway, oh, Lunaris Records released the vinyl and the CD versions of mm-hmm. the soundtrack, uh, which were amazing. I mean, and I know you bought the CD. I got the vinyl. Uh, so what did you... What's your feelings on the soundtrack? We'll break down the soundtrack. The score... The songs that were in the film, like it's just in, like you what you were saying to it oozes Halloween. Yeah, it oozes that creepiness. It oozes those vibes so well, and well, it complements the film. The it's got that eighties synthesizer score, which yeah, we fucking, all love, oh. and that animated opening credit sequence with that music is just. If you're a horror fan and you don't love that, you need to stop calling yourself a horror fan. You fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, the beast inside is just... It is it, just... It, cre- it is credited as Dennis Michael Tenney. Okay. Dennis well, M. Tenney. Some people, I don't know, might, you know, because it's, like, dated. And I say that with quotation marks because I hate that word. Yeah, me too. But to me, personally, and to you, I'm sh- it's like a beautiful ballad. And it's like... Oh, yeah. And Mozart to us. Oh, it really is. Uh, yeah, and that, I mean, I hate when do people do use the term dated too. Of course, something is dated if it takes, if it's taking place and it's absorbing the products of its time. Yeah. Like dated is such a fucking obvious and stupid, like bland term to use. Of course it's fucking dated, you dummy. I guess like, if you're going to call something dated, you're just saying you hate that, like decade well like basically. well it's like calling alien saying aliens dated of course aliens dated because it took place in 19 fucking 79 was when when they filmed it like i mean you're talking about the 70s like oh well that's dated that doesn't hold they're pretty much trying to say it doesn't hold up like where something like alien i think holds up fucking extremely well who said alien doesn't hold up well, I read a review on the Alien franchise once Covenant came out, and they said they praised Alien, they praised Ridley Scott, they praised Sigourney Weaver, they praised you know the everything that that film achieved. But they said, but at the same time, it feels dated. Well, well of course it's fucking dated. It's fucking thirty something years ago. You dumb pricks. Yeah. Well, fuck that. Let's get back to Night of the. Yes. Demons. Anyway. Um, Bauhaus was another one. Stigmata Martyr was on there. That like, iconic. Dan- Angela's dance scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, and then, of course, we have Linnea Quigley. Yeah. Let's talk about the cast a little bit. Yeah, like, definitely. Amelia Kincaid is Angela, and Linnea Quigley is Suzanne. I think we can call them iconic characters. Definitely. Or at least... Yeah. Like... Because Angela, she's like the villain of the the series. Cause yeah. She's, you know, in the, the sequels as and well. And that goth look, the dress. Yeah. Like, She's an iconic character. Definitely, definitely. Is. And Linnea Quigley, she's got, she's always got the most iconic scene in the movie. Like, she, the yeah, lipstick she's, scene. What the fuck is that? Well, I remember, I remember renting the VHS, and I remember watching it. And for some reason, I was, 
I had watched it like I think I fell if I I can't remember. I mean, but it was one of those situations where I didn't finish the film at night. Uh-huh. Like I must have fell asleep or something, and I was finishing it like in the morning, probably on like a Sunday, and it's like ten thirty in the morning. And obviously, Linnea Quigley's topless on my TV screen, and my mom's like, "Bad, what the fuck!" Like, just freaking out because mm-hmm. there's there's boobs on the screen, and I'm like seven. Well, they're prosthetic. Do you think? Did you ever get yelled at by your parents for watching nudity in horror movies? Did you ever? Was there ever nudity on the screen in a horror movie, and then your parents are like, "Brian, cover your eyes." Yeah, <laughs> fucking stupid. Like, obviously, yeah, like, back. just introduce us to it, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, what's it gonna hurt? Do you think that had something to do with you being gay? Did they hold it back too long? Do you think <laughs> it had something to do with you being straight? Straight. It probably played into it. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it then. Um. So I'm just besides, with you. I know. I know. Besides Stooge, Angela, and Suzanne, I mean, the whole cast is great. I'll say that. Um. Judy and Roger are, like, great leads and everything. Oh, but yeah. I think the most memorable characters in the movie are Angela, Suzanne, Stooge, and then, of course, Billy Gallo is Sal. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he, for some reason, he was always, like, I mean, I always loved Stooge just because he had fucking great lines in the movie. Yeah. But Billy Gallo's character of uh sale was fucking great because uh i don't know he was just like you know he had that like new york accent he was like oh what's wrong billy boy like i don't know it's just it was a funny it was a fun character to have in there and i found myself always rooting for sale for some reason so i was bummed when he died and his name was sal romero because it said it on the tombstone remember that is true so that's definitely an homage to old georgie yeah, he's like he's a character that on paper is just a douchebag, but yeah. the actor like brings so much like likability, likability to it. He's an he, I mean, Sal's an asshole, but Billy Gallo makes you like root for him somehow. Yeah, definitely. Not everyone can do that. That's true. You do, can't do that. Do, <laughs> but Hal Havens is stooge. We were just talking about it. One, he's got the most amazing punk rock haircut ever where the sides it's like a mullet but it's like a mullet mohawk but the sides are like dyed black and red and like stepped Mm -hmm. it's one that's amazing two he's wearing like a cut off fucking like sweatshirt he's obviously got the ripped jeans he's got the freaking biker gloves and and he's that's his normal getup. and his costume is just that he has a pig nose (laughs) like it's amazing. It is amazing. And uh, uh, Kathy Powdwell, is that how you pronounce her name? Yeah, Judy. Yes, Judy. Like, I thought she was, uh, wasn't like something, I don't know. When I think of the movie, I don't remember her. I, yeah, I, oh, she's I remember like the central character. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. She's, she, but she's, there's always there's always i don't know you have stronger personalities in that film and people yeah. with longer careers in the genre yeah. when you think well eh, i guess just one but <laughs> lenny quigley yeah judy's likable yeah and definitely. kathy podwell is very cute yeah she very. definitely has like the innocence thing down for sure but she you know she's just not the most memorable character yeah but that's okay Alan, that's okay, Kathy. Alvin Alexis as Roger. I thought he was fucking great. Roger's hilarious. 
He's all right. You don't. Why not can't a fan? I rem- No, I am. I'm this not, is not the House of the Dead. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's coming back to Wait, me. can like, we talk about... not the, you know, one of the five most memorable characters oh, yeah. to me, so... Wait, let's talk about her brother. Let's talk about Judy's brother. What is a he, fucking creep. He's got some real fucking serious issues. That sick fuck. Bonacious boobies, sis. I, I know. Like, is that normal? What? I mean, what? you... You know though. You know what though. You wouldn't know if that's normal unless you grew up with a hot sister. Yeah, but what you don't no, ever think I'm, your sister's no, hot, even that, if she yeah, is hot to other up. standards. Definitely. Fucked so up. one, I couldn't imagine like what brother hides in their sister's bedroom while they're changing, and then pops out like fucking Chucky, and says. Oh, bodacious boobies, sis. What's the la- What's the full line? It's bodacious boobies, sis. I don't know. I don't remember. Cool. I can't remember what the actual what the full line was, but I would have taken more time to think about it. But... He says something like he says something about her boob sagging. I think. But uh, what was what was the dude's name that played uh, that was in fucking Heather's? What was his name? Jay, Lance Fenton. Lance Fenton, yes. He has such a sweet smile. Yeah. <laughs> Except he's kind of a dickhead. Yeah. Is he the most hateable male character in the movie? He's gotta be, right? Yeah, and plus, you know, Heather is one of my favorites, so whenever I see him in Night of the Demons... I love my dead gay son! I think of his character in Heather's, and... He was an asshole there, too. Yeah. I feel like they're the same person. He's essentially a rapist. If he went to a different high school... Same year, had a too. different name. He's basically the same character. Is it? Do you think it's odd that some actors have like just like a boom career where they have like two memorable films in one year and then they either die off or aren't in much after that? Like We were kind of talking about the Friday the 13th franchise where you had Miguel Nunez show up in Return of the Living Dead and Friday the 13th. Uh, a New Beginning, all in 1985. And then I can't really remember anything else that he was popping up in, at least at least in the horror genre, right after that. And then you have Lance Fenton, who did Night of the Demons and Heathers in 1988. And then I didn't really see him in anything ever again. All right, so, but Miguel Nunez... Is, he has, he, he has a great... He, no, he does. Joanna Mann was amazing. <laughs> and he's in fucking Scooby-Doo. <laughs> is he in Scooby-Doo? Yeah. According to his IMDb that I'm looking at right now. Um, And he was in Leprechaun 4 in space. Oh, shit, he was. He got to join Leprechaun in space. Fuck, you're right. And he was Mo Bitches in Black Dynamite. (laughs) He's in Kicking It Old School. Remember uh, when Joey from Friends had a spinoff show? Yeah. He had 16 episodes. No shit. Yeah. So James Quinn does, he's in the... I got way off topic. Yeah, you did. Uh, James Quinn is a clerk in the store, but he also voices the demons. A lot of the demons. Oh, yeah. I forgot all about that. also voices the imp in another Tenny-related film, Sorority Babes and Slime bubble Arama. How's that Tenny related? Is that not Tenny related? Why did I think Tenny had something well, to do with it? Linnea, Linnea Quigley's in it. And Hal Havens is fucking in and that Hale shit. Havens, Havens, Havens. Havens. 
Evans. Maybe that's um, what I thought it was related then. I thought yeah, he had something to do with that. I don't... James Quinn didn't voice the imp. He didn't? No. Who the fuck voiced the imp? That was Dookie Flyswatter. <laughs> no, seriously. Why did I think James James Quinn voiced the same dude? That, why did I think the same I think you did? just make a lot of weird assumptions sometimes. I think I just fuck... Yeah, I don't know. I get... Why did I think he fucking voiced the imp? I don't know. I don't know. Do you think if Kevin Tenney hears know. this, he's going to be like, he didn't voice the fucking imp? Do you think Kevin Tenney's seen Sorority Babes and Slime Bubble Rama? Why did I think he had something to do with it? Was it because there because were so two many... Night of the Demons cast members are in it. Yes. That's... Yes, that's why. It's gotta be it. Now let's talk about Andres the Jones from story. Andres Jones from Dream Master is also in that. Just wanted to point that out. But you know who's not in it is Harold Ayer, who plays the old man. <laughs> the old, can we talk about how over the top the... What are you fucking? When they roll up on him yeah. and scare him, and he throws his fucking groceries up like someone stuck a gun under his chin. It's fucking hilarious! Oh my god, that he's and a great. He's like, you damn little whore. <laughs> my old man voice is terrible. Uh, I love that he's kind of like the wraparound character. He plays like yeah. the father role, like the Tom Atkins does in Creep Show. You know, where it's like a wraparound story to yeah. the whole film. I like it. It's not. It's obviously not an anthology, but it's like it opens and closes the movie, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to dive into some of his other stuff, but I did want to talk about Night of the Demons a little bit more. One scene that I know you and I uh, had talked about, and I think there's a throwback scene to it in the second or maybe the third. Yes, uh, yes. Yes. But let's not what? say that yet, because I want to say that when we get to that movie. But are, you, are we talking about the same thing? Yeah, you're about to talk about the glass scene with the, the shattered mirror, glass. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That so you want to wait? Amazing shot. It's I want fucking one of my favorite shots. I want to wait to talk about the movie okay. that does a throwback okay. to it. Okay, perfect. So, final thoughts, at least, you know, in short form. We could do a whole podcast on Night wait of the Wait a Demons. minute, wait a minute. We didn't finish talking about the mirror. Oh, you said so you didn't want to. You said you wanted to wait to come back to that fuckhead. You're, it's hard to explain what I'm trying to say that I don't want to talk about, but I do want to talk about the mirror scene. Okay, and how amazing it is. It is great. Even Describe a, what you see in that shot to the listeners. Although, so the so they're like in the they're at this house that it was a well house. It was a it was a funeral home. Hull House, which my band actually had an intro to one of our songs, is instrumental, and it was called Welcome to Hull House. Um, due to that film, and I think I was the only one in the band that saw the film, so, but I wrote the lyrics and I named the song, so I got to name a song. So Hull there's House. a broken mirror on Calm the down, floor. I'm trying to fucking set a fucking tone here, dickface. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but yes, they're in a funeral parlor that's like broken down, it's called Hull House, so they're in it, and fucking, if you've never seen the film, please watch it. If you, because we're spoiling shit right now, and tough titty said the kitty. We didn't get too specific. No. So, uh, a demon appears in the mirror and startles, uh, what's her shits? Helen. Helen. Startles Helen, and the mirror breaks, falls, breaks, and then there's, the camera is panned to the broken shards of the mirror glass, and in the mirror glass reflect all the people in the room. Are you saying mirror glass? 
Mirror Glass. Mirror Glass? What the fuck is up? We're Mirror Glass. <laughs> That's a great name for a band. Um, do you know how, do you remember how Tenny pulled off the shot? No, I don't. So, please, dish off your insight. I was hoping you would know because I don't, don't know. And I if he would have fucking, you know if he would have actually fucking responded to your message, Kevin. Yeah, we're just going to have to rewatch the special features. But the Mirror Shot, if you're like a film nerd if you like pay attention to like amazing camera work yeah cinematography it is a it is a great shot yeah it is uh it's one of the scenes to pull off in such a low budget yeah i mean that's one of the scenes that i remember as a kid even seeing it at a young age and not giving a fuck about any kind of filming like as far as cinematography goes i could give a shit I just wanted to be scared and entertained. So, But uh-huh. even at a young age, I remember seeing that, and I was like, fuck, that is fucking awesome. That is so sick. That is such a rad friggin', like, shot. I love it. Even as a kid, I thought that. So I think at those points is when, you know, you probably start developing, like, your actual love for film mm-hmm. on a deeper level than most. But when you... It's okay that we don't know how we pulled it off right now. No, I don't Because the fuck. mystery is, like... Amazing. It's like movie magic. People never knew how they pulled off shots back in the day. No. Special features. Spoiler alert. Anyway. um, And I feel the same way about special effects. I never remember after how they pull off certain special effects. Yeah, I'll forget. I like that. I'll forget until I rewatch special features and I was like, oh shit, yeah, that's right. That's how they Mm -hmm. did it. Um, so it'll always escape me from time to time. Uh, but yeah, it's fucking, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? I do kind of want to talk about the Scream Factory release for this because it was a really extensive, nice release. Yes, go ahead. Uh, cause I remember we pre-ordered, I believe at the same time and we pre-ordered like together, I think. I think mine came in with yours. Did it not? Yes. Yes, I think it did. Yes. Uh, so I remember getting it. And a lot of people, I know that I had kind of di- dialogue with you and dialogue with John about um, the new artwork. Uh, having Linnea Quigley kind of uh, the focal point, the front and center, when Amelia Kincaid is really, you know, the the face of the film and a face of that, you know, whatever you want to call it, mini franchise, those three mm-hmm. films. Um, so the fact that Linnea had the front and center on that, I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think I understand why people complain because Angela is sort of the face of the Night of the Demons, like the whole series. But Linnea Quigley is also an iconic character from the movie with an iconic scene. And she also is just like bigger in the horror community than Amelia Kincaid is. So putting her front and center is going to provoke more people to buy the movie yeah. when they haven't seen it. That's true. Do you like the alternative artwork? Uh, yeah, I like I prefer of course the original yeah, of artwork, course. but but I do It's yeah. nice to have both. Yeah. Uh I mean if you push um if you push a lipstick into your nipple, you're getting center. You're, you're getting center on the alternative artwork. Yes. Uh so I mean yeah, it's I mean uh, it's something we're going to watch. Uh, something I know we always watch around Halloween time. It's just such a, such a fun film and it's, it's an easy watch. I never feel, it falls into that category of films that are just easy watches. They never get tired. I never get tired of rewatching them. 
it's like a nice comfort movie. It really is. If you're a horror fan. Truly, truly is. So, moving kind of along. To Tenny's original film? Yes. Witchboard? Witchboard. Which, uh, it's kind of funny that we actually started with Night of the Demons, and now we're kind of taking a step back. Two years, 1986. Now, this is a film that I didn't see much of growing up, and I don't think I got reintroduced. I think I got watched it somewhat, and then I got reintroduced to it when you when we watched it a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Probably, I think at this point it was like 2010 or 2011, you're like, hey, this is Witchboard. It's Kevin Tenney. It's one of Kevin Tenney's films. And I was like, yeah, I remember this one. I don't even think I've seen it all the way through. We rewatched it. Now it has the Scream Factory release. Um, I've watched it several times since then. I loved this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on Witchboard? I saw the second one first, and I had some like nostalgic feelings about the second one. And it took me years before I could see the first one. I found it used at FYE. Yeah. So, and when I put it in, honestly, I liked it, but I didn't like love it the first time. Yeah. And then the, the more I watch it, there's more I appreciate about it. Yeah. Like, it's amazing that he could pull off so much, like, all the amazing, like, camera work in the movie. Oh, yeah. He's like actually he, he has so much talent and yeah, it's such a low has, budget movie. He has definitely an insight for the actual filming and I feel like he is a camera guy. Or at yeah. least he really if he isn't, he's really good at describing to the cinematographer what he wants. Yes. Uh because he just those movies have such a fun feel. And they have just such... They've tapped into something really fucking creative when I watch any of his films. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically these two. Um, and I haven't seen Witchboard 2 in a while. And it's funny that you mentioned seeing that one first. Because honestly, I think I may have saw that one first too. Like on a Cinemax or something like that. Because I remember Amy DeLenz. Yep. So... What was your next thought? Um, so, Witchboard. I mean, Tawny Gatane. Now, you not name. being a huge... You're, now, you're a music guy because we share a deep love for 80s synth pop and several different musical genres. But do you are you familiar with Tawny Gatane? Yeah. She you, was in that music video. Yeah. White Snake. Yes. Here I go again. Mm-hmm. Dancing on the front of Coverdale's motherfucking car. And I guarantee you... Her being in the movie brought in like a whole oh, specific crowd of people. Definitely, because she that... was she was a hit back then. People were like fucking eating her up. Yep. And I want to say it was eighty four or eighty five when she did that White Snake video. I want to say maybe eighty four. Um, unsure, but that was what she was known for at the time. She was also yeah. in Bachelor Party. That's like unheard of now. Is like someone being famous. For a music video. Yeah. I mean, that's where her, like, shit came from. That's where her, she got her, like, big fucking break. Because, you know, White Snake was a fucking huge hit. They were, they were banging at the time. Coverdale was fucking shredding. And she was in that and dancing on that card. Like, just, like you said, and too, like, her film career. I'm sure the people who were, like, fanatics about her in the, uh the most in emphatic way followed her 
to the the movies that she did. And I'm sure yeah. people thought, like, oh, she's in this lower-budget horror movie. I'll check it out. Like, and I wonder if... I wonder if anything like this... I always I always wonder about this stuff. Like, did this spawn, like, someone's love for horror movies? Like, the lower-budget horror movies that we all love? Like, obviously we love many different <laughs> budgets of, you know, a vast line of different budgeted films from huge films like that had crazy budgets that are horror films and then the lower budgets and the stuff in the middle i don't really none of us at least you and i and i know john bt uh i am bt yes art shit et your brother eric mm-hmm. tyler um you can just call me brian i like bt okay we've called you bt for years why is it an issue now it's okay. Why don't you like it? We're going to get this out right now on the podcast. Why don't you like being called Brian? I don't... Or BT. <laughs> yeah, I don't dislike it, but if you're going to call Eric E.T., you're going to call me BT, you're just going to get so confused all the time, and it just happened. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> what You were just talking about Tony Katane, right? Yes. Yeah, and she could actually act really well in this movie. Yes. The whole cast is really great, because... I, you know, I don't want to assume anything. I don't really know much about the actors, but most of them, I believe, were unknowns at the time. You want to know what? I am fucking dead wrong. About what? Tony Gatane. <sighs> Looking up, trying to verify my shit. Tony Gatane did not do a White Snake video until Is This Love? Which was eighty seven, and then oh, after so that, after which point? yes, and after that, she did the hood dancing on here. Here I go again. Not until eighty seven. Witchboard was eighty six, and it's the only other credit before those White Snake videos. So I am fucking wrong. And same with Bachelor Party. She was in Bachelor Party in eighty four. So I'm dead wrong. She did not get her fucking start in the White Snake videos. That is obviously what she's most known for. Um, but. That's interesting. I never knew that. So it's interesting to dive into this stuff and find something else out. We're so fucking stupid. <laughs> and we don't do the proper research. But well, it's, no. It's cool. I mean, because we're just trying to wing it. Yeah. I mean, this is great to find out right on the podcast. And I'm sure some might be finding out with us. Right there's now. definitely a fucking diehard White Snake fan listening in Canada that's like, you fucking idiot. That was 87. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Witchboard, um, a super fun film, and honestly, there weren't any films that tackled the, the Ouija board, um, really before this. I mean, to this extent, anyway. Yeah, which I believe they had to call it Witchboard because... Ouija's patented by what, Milton fucking Bradley, or... Yeah, something like that. But I want to talk about the rest of the cast. Uh, Todd Allen, who... Is kind of the central character along with Tawny Katane. He is hilarious as like this like smart ass, like unlikely hero type character. Yeah. And it's another it's another character that could kind of just come off like an asshole on paper, but the actor brings so much heart to it that you really like him. And Steven Nichols as well, who plays Brandon. Yeah. Um I really didn't like him at first, but, you know, the writing and the acting is just so well done. Yeah. And the, um, there's so much backstory you find out about the characters and their relationships. 
Yeah, I feel yeah, like the... It's, the a, it's a very character-driven horror The film. character development in this is, like, fun. I think it's yeah. the it, it it's what makes the movie so enjoyable is yeah. the actual de- character development in it. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, in these lower-budget films, you usually aren't going to get a lot of. So the fact that this film kind of does that and does it in such an interesting and, like, clever way makes it entertaining. Mm-hmm. I think that's the driving force of the fi- of this film is the character development. And of course, we have the psychic Zarabath played by Kathleen Wilhoit. Wilhoit sounds good. That looks kind of yeah, right, I guess. <laughs> um uh I, I, she's a love it or hate it character basically, but I went with it. She's very like all over the place. James Quinn but also appears in this as Lloyd. What? I wasn't done talking about Well, fucking Zarabath. come on. Get it together. Never mind. TTFN, Zarabath. We're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, what's TTFF? TTFN. What's TTFN? That's her, like... That's what she says in the movie. <gasps> oh, shit, you're like, right. I thought you were trying to I think whip out some hipster shit out of me. Winnie the Pooh, though. Ta-ta for now. That's what it stands for. Um, Just a little psychic humor. <laughs> it's not so, psychic humor. That's what she says, though. I, I gotta she rewatch says, this one. I, I haven't gotta seen it rewatch in a while. it. Um, yeah, James Quinn's in it as Lloyd, another lovable, smart-ass character. Is he Asian? He looks kind of Asian. Yes, he's kind of Asian. <laughs> and we have... Lieutenant Dewhurst, played by Burke Burns, who's kind of like a Hitchcockian, like, like comic relief cop character, lieutenant character. Who You're this, not like, the first person I've heard say Hitchcockian. You know what? Gonna, well, it's, gonna, it's a word. And he was uh, he was in Child's Play three. Did you know that? No. He plays Burke the Burns. guy, yes, he was talking, he was the guy that was, uh, when they're getting ready, when they're, uh, getting ready for the games, the fucking, you know, red versus blue yeah. teams, when he's talking about, uh, the tribute to the guy, and then he's like, your ammo! And he tests the guns, that's him. Oh. Well, hello, Burke and Child's Play 3. That's that dude. So he has, like, this, uh, I... It's something Hitchcock would add to a character just to make him, like, more memorable. He was also in Only Sin Deep as a cop in Tales from the Crypt. FYI. Continue, motherfucker. Never mind. But I'll cut to the chase and say that his character is so memorable, he returns in Night of the Demons 3. However, no longer played by Burke Burns. (laughs) Night of the Demons 3 was co-written by Tenny. And I think that's a cool fact. And we also have a cameo by Rosemarie from the Dick Van Dyke show. Interesting. She's like the fucking landlady. (laughs) But of course, we have to talk about the villain, who you actually only see for like a quick, terrifying nightmare scene. Yeah. J.P. Lubson. There's probably a much easier way to say that. As lube Mel... spin? Yes, lube spin. As Mel Fader, the villain of the film. He Something was terri- about he's him. terrifying he's looking. A, he's terrifying to look at. I feel like... 
I feel like he's terrifying. Yeah, he really he is. is terrifying. I feel like he is. He's very. So he is. He's very wild eyed. Yes. And the fact that you just see him in the movie for that one <laughs> I, I know. second. You know what? What? Alright, well that's all I have for Witchboard tonight. Alright, moving on. To Witch Trap. Witch Trap. He was... Which is not a sequel to Witchboard. No. Witchboard 2 is a sequel to Witchboard. Witch Trap is a film that came in 1989 after None of the Demons and three years after Witchboard. Uh... What, do you think he was painting himself into a corner at this point, having a movie called Witchboard? And now he's got a movie called Witch Trap, with uh, the you know the car- the the front of it has a guy that kind of has the similar hair and facial hair of fucking Lubson. Because Lubson <laughs> is in the movie. I know that, but uh, is he that actually him? has a he, yes? He has a much bigger role in Witch Trap. See, I'm not super. I've only watched Witch Trap. I think. Two or three times. I don't know what it is about that movie, but I I rented that when I was a kid, too. And I feel like it was definitely the first Tenny movie I saw. And it was also my introduction to Linnea Quigley. So I just have so much love and respect that for That was your introduction to Linnea Quigley. That was my introduction to Linnea Quigley. No shit. So I have a lot to say about it, actually. Dive in. I want to hear just, you. I want to hear you talk about it because I'm not as well versed on this one. So, have at it. I'm not sure, but I well, I know it's definitely at least as low budget as Witchboard. Yeah. But I feel like it actually had a smaller budget. Um, four hundred twenty thousand. You know, there's just something about a movie that you know is low budget, and you know, like. It was a labor labor of love. Labor of love, like, the whole cast and crew worked together, collaborated really well to make it the film that it is. Um, the haunted house in the movie, like, it's literally, they didn't even have to decorate it. Yeah. Except for a couple things. Um, one thing I noticed when I was a kid, though, that I always thought the acting was terrible. I still loved the movie and just thought of it as cheesy. But then, on the special features of the commentary, I found out something got messed up with the audio. They either had, like, too much, you know, noise. Yeah. Or, you know, noise that you weren't supposed to hear that they couldn't edit out, or they just lost the audio altogether. So So they had to redub? The cast all had to go back and dub their scenes. Jesus Christ, that'd be a fucking nightmare. So the... I'm sure their performances were much better than what it sounds like yeah. they're saying. And I know Hal Havens obviously is in this one again and I think as we, Elwin, the yes. groundskeeper. I now, feel like he says that. This one when we when I rewatched Witchboard with you back seven or eight years ago at this point, uh-huh. um I we went on a tenny kick. Do you remember this? Yes. You showed me Witch Trap, which I Kind of like it was one of those movies where like I definitely knew the cover because I remember seeing it at Video King. Yeah. Like, but I I don't remember consciously watching it before that. I'm sure it may have popped up here or there, but that was the first time I actually consciously watched it was with you, mm-hmm. and I think I've only watched it once or twice after that. It is a fun film, uh, but that was something that as soon as I like watched it, I obviously saw you know you know see James Quinn, you see Hell Heavens, you see Linnea. Yeah. 
James um, Quinn is front and center this time. Yes, as the lead is Tony. Yes, and another, actually a very well-written character. Um, he's the, like a smartass. Yeah. And he's kind of an asshole for most of the movie, but you could like... Just that he has a is something that really sticks out with all the films that he's done. And that's what I think... Not not uh, James Quinn. Um, nothing against him. Um, yeah. But Kevin... Kevin Tenney, his writing is, or his, I don't know, his, uh, his writing always makes the films, makes, it makes the films. I think even with a lower budget for any of the films that he's done, the writing has been so well, everything's been so well written that it translates easily and especially since he has he's already has a rapport with some of these people like yeah. james quinn and linnea and hal heavens um uh it just comes across so easily easy to watch so entertaining yeah. the characters have amazing development in all of his films yeah the ones that i've seen anyway yeah and um i lost my train of thought for a second <laughs> So, yeah, he's always good at writing like lovable smart ass characters. Yeah, yeah. There's at least one in He is a smart ass himself though. That is uh, true. having having went and must um, be a lot of himself in there. Yeah. And having him kind of had that small little uh five minute meeting with him at the New Jersey Horicon. Uh you know, he had made a joke, uh I can't remember what he, we were talking. We were talking about something and he's just like, because I am Eddie, you know, in a obviously a lovable asshole way. He's just like, well, I'm a big time fucking movie director. Like, I I need to be pampered too. Obviously, taking uh, the piss out of himself and taking a jab at his, uh, you know, he he isn't Robert Zemeckis, you know, and he knows it, and you know, he pokes fun at that. Yeah, but I personally, no, I won't say that. Um. Witch Trap has so many great death scenes, which we haven't really talked about the death scenes in his other movies much, but this one doesn't have as much going for it as Witchboard and Night of the Demons. Yeah. So I will focus on how awesome the death scenes are in the movie. Probably the second best shower scene after Psycho. Really? You put it up that high? Just as shocking. I mean, this time you know the girl's gonna get killed when uh-huh. she goes into the shower, but you don't fucking know that the shower head's gonna come out and kill her itself. Yeah. Sorry for the spoilers, but you really shouldn't be listening. <laughs> um, and then you have, like, a bullet, like, just flying into a guy's head. Yeah. No gun. Just the fucking bullet, dude. <laughs> and then, like, an axe... And fucking head exploding. He pulls off so many great special effects in this movie. But the most impressive of all is at the end. When um, Kathleen Bailey's character is possessed by the villain. Played by, you know, Lube Son. And then, I'm going to spoil the ending, I guess. When they destroy his spirit... His head, his whole body just melts away into the skull that just... I, you have to watch it, because I don't know how to describe things really well. Yeah. Um, it's 
it's awesome special effects for such a low budget. Like I said, I think, but like kind of what you were saying too, like when you have the smaller budget films and you have actors that aren't super well known, it's Uh kind of a labor of love and everybody's working to make the film as good as it possibly can because of the lack of finances, because of the lack of star power. They want to do the best they can with what they have. And it's about, you get a buy-in from everyone involved and that kind of makes for the betterment of the film. I wish we still had special effects like that today. So. Side note. Yes. Kathleen Bailey plays Whitney. She's the lead female character. And yep. Judy Tatum plays Agnes. IMDb has Kathleen Bailey's photo on Judy Tatum's IMDb. And someone should fix that. Really? Yes. Wow. I noticed that earlier. Oh, do you know that someone had... Um... I can't think of the girl's name, but she played Megan's best friend in Jason Lives. For Jennifer Cook's IMDb, they have her, a picture of her on Jennifer Cook's IMDb. Of who? You know the girl, the, the, the girl uh, that was... pronounced Megan, not Megan. Is it Megan? Megan. Megan. Yeah, but the one guy calls her... Is it Megan or is it Megan? It's like Megan. Megan. Yeah. Megan. Okay. Yeah. So it's in between Megan and Megan. Sorry. I don't mean to... Be um, but yes, the, yeah, IMDb sucks. Uh, Whose picture is it, you said? The girl that's her best friend. Oh, uh, like the Paula or Sissy? Which one's Paula? The white one. Okay, so the black one. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, well... But yeah, I don't know how the fuck they fucked that up. Anywho. Come on, guys. Moving Don't on. Don't just assume. Moving on. Let's talk Witchboard 2. Yes. My other first Tenny film. Was <laughs> it your other first Tenny film? What the fuck was I don't remember which film? one was Fuck-face. first. Witchboard 2 or Witch Trap. Um, this one, what stands out to me the most are the camera shots. Because we have so many like insane POV shots. Like, the one that's supposed to be the spirit goes in through the window. Yeah. I I can try to describe this shit, but it won't work. You just have to, like, see it and learn how to make a movie by watching these films. Now, I have not seen this film since I was a kid. But I remember watching it a lot because it would pop up on, like, cinema. You have seen it since you were a kid. Fuck, we did watch it. We did watch it, uh... In that, when we went on that Teddy kick a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, that was quite a few years ago, actually. Um, you should definitely rewatch it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't own it. I know that there's a Bare Bones Blu-ray out about it, too, though. Um, we have a great cast. Amy DeLenz. One of the best... Early 90s Early to horror. mid-90s actresses. I mean, yeah. Amy, sh- we would love to have you back. Yeah, Amy, come back. A- Amy, you're welcome on the podcast. Yeah, anytime. Uh, Pumpkinhead. She was a sequel whore. Pumpkinhead 2. Witchboard 2. What else was she in? Ticks. That's not a sequel, but yes. Well, yeah, I mean, you only named two sequels. Well, I'm saying she was kind of a sequel of. whore. I could be wrong, but I feel like she's in The Curse too. but I've never seen any of The Curse movies, so... I think she is. And we have Lorraine Newman as the the hippie, the, like, quirky hippie chick Elaine. And Lorraine Newman, you know her from, she was on SNL back in the day. She was in Problem Child. Yes. 
She she was really funny back in the day. Yeah. She was like the Kristen Wig of that time. So Tenny getting her in his film was pretty awesome. The Kristen Wig of the time is what yes. you're saying. Well, I watch Witchboard too, and I'm like, that could be Kristen Wig. Like they're both from SNL. They both have the same like. They both have really good comic time. What was her name in Child's Play too? Lawanda. Problem Child too. Yeah, that's what I said. You said Child's Play too. Did I? Yes. Yes. Problem Child too. Lawanda. John Gettins from fucking Leprechaun Three is in the film. Oh yeah. What else was he in? But do I? Leprechaun Three. Now he's a huge screenwriter in Hollywood. Um, look he it up. He was in. Dude, he was in something recently. I saw he was in, and I was like, "Fuck!" He's in Pumpkinhead too. He's the throwback scene. He's the judge in the fifties when they do the throwback scene. He's the judge. Yes, you know. You know how the judge. Oh, like the yes. judge. Younger. Okay. I just yes, realized I that right. because I was watching it and I was just like, "Fuck!" That's the dude from Leprechaun Three. But he actually has like an amazing career as a Hollywood screenwriter. Yeah, I right see now. that. Um, and we have Julie Michaels as Susan, who's replacing J.P. Lepson as the evil spirit. I thought it was Lepson. It's anything I fucking wanted to be when I'm saying it. Um, and you know, I used to prefer this to the original because nostalgia, you know, it's the first one I saw. But yeah. as I rewatched them both... I think Witchboard 2 just doesn't hold up as much. The characters, besides Amy DeLenz, aren't as strong. Yeah. Um, the, the story, the villain in the film isn't nearly as creepy. You don't have JP in the house anymore. You have Julie Michaels, who was like a beautiful model. And yeah. she actually popped up in Jason Goes to Hell as the FBI agent. Yeah. Um, but it makes up for it with... More creative death scenes, more amazing camera work. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember the scene with the the fucking saw by itself yes. facing the dude? Yes. The fucking wrecking ball, and if if there's two things I can credit to to Tenny, one obviously is his writing, his character development, mm-hmm. but. Another one is directing some of these fun kills in all his films. I feel like yeah. all his films have such fun, interesting, creative kills. He seems like he kind someone, of improves with each of his. films. He really because, does, and it, which is kind of impressive, especially with having a consistently lower budget on on his films too. Stylistically, this might be like his best work. Yeah, at the time. Yeah, I haven't seen most of his post Witchboard 2 films, but the camera work, the lighting, everything is just, like, so beautiful to look at. Yeah. And I also want to mention this really awesome dream sequence where Amy DeLenz in her nightgown and with a fucking yeah. fan blowing at her walks up to the Ouija board and a hand comes out of it, and it's just a really awesome effect, and they depicted it in the poster for the film. Which is awesome artwork, honestly. And we have the return of the mirror shot, which is what yes. you were trying to bring up earlier, but yes. I just wanted to be like, let's not mention that film yes. until we get to it. Yes. Just because I have in my notes, return of the mirror shot. Mm-hmm. I, w- I wanted to say that specifically. Do you think he thought it was just so good he had to bring it back in something? Probably. And definitely, obviously, to was. homage. Or maybe, yeah. 
Probably a little bit of both. To homage that. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be honest, it's a little more impressive in Night of the Demons just because it includes more characters. Yeah. Um, So, Pinocchio's Revenge. I only saw this once or twice as a kid. Uh, I remember being entertained by it then, but uh, when was the last time you saw this? Which is a film of his from 96. I saw it maybe around the time we were going on our tiny kick. Okay. And I only watched it once, but I remember it pretty well. Yeah. Um, At the time, I thought it would just be cheesy fun, you know. Sort of, you know, a child's play knockoff. Yeah. But with Pinocchio. However, um, I don't want to give too much away, actually. But there's something very different about it. A sort of twist that makes it very different from Child's Play. Yeah. And I think, you know, let go of the fact that it's obviously going to be a little cheesy and check it out because I think you'd be pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also backtracking here, but I wanted to talk about The Cellar. Yeah, I haven't seen that. We watched it together, remember? Did we? It fucking sucked. I don't remember... Dude, I don't even remember watching it. Was it was terrible, but... Tenny, like, replaced another director, like, last minute. So oh, it really? was obviously... So he's, like... <laughs> gonna be a mess. Gotcha. Remember, um... Was it Crows? I think Crows, or Owls, or something, kept showing up to their house, and the dad <laughs> fucking pulls out a gun, and he's like, Leave us alone! <laughs> it's so... Starts shooting at it. It's I vaguely so remember top. this now. I'll That's have to... We'll have to rewatch it and just yeah, try let's to sit just watch through it. it. I'm pretty sure most of the movie was just like boring, and then a monster comes out of the cellar at the end. But yeah, we'll look out for that scene. We don't always fully pay attention to every movie we watch anyway. So something I just want to brush on is Demolition University. I have seen some of this. I saw Demolition High, which has got Haim in it, and as does uh, Demolition University. And thinking back now, I probably should have asked him what he thought of Haim. Uh, Not that, I mean, not that, I mean, he's going to be like, hey, he seemed like a great kid. I'm sure he doesn't have, like, anything crazy to say about him, but. uh, It's not, I mean, he could still join the podcast. He could answer my message any minute. (laughs) Let's not hold our, our breaths. Are you having a seizure? No, my fucking legs are both cramped. All right, walk it, walk it off. I can't even stand up. You have to walk it off. Though. I can't. It's the only way it's gonna go away. You gotta walk it off. <sighs> oh, oh, it's fucking so painful. All right, well, I'm gonna keep the podcast keep going, going while Jesse. Um, keep going. Yep. While Jesse figures this Mother out. Fuck. One movie we didn't mention. <laughs> <laughs> It's so fucking, I'm not even kidding. Fucking walk it off, Jesse. I can't even stand up right now. You I've been drinking to, off water Bridget, in the fucking gym. Bridget, get him up. <laughs> what the fuck? I have to oh, talk about brain death. Laugh. Ow. Oh, oh my right. fucking God. Both of my fucking thighs just cramped at the same it's time. It's a cramp. It's not a weird orgasm, guys. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm assuming Jesse's not going to edit this out. Motherfuck. Oh. One started cramping, and the other one started cramping. It's dissipating now, but it's fucking... It's, it's dissipating? The way I'm, it, I'm glad it's going away. Oh, it was the way I was sitting. Oh, motherfuck. This is suck. This fucking is terrible. 
Well, Quit you, laughing, you bitch. You know what I do oh. when I get cramped up is oh. I, I walk it off and Oh it my away. god. I haven't had cramps in my like back of my fucking thighs and fucking since I was a teenager. Well, oh my god. You okay? Oh, it's still bad. No. Oh, walk my. it off, Jesse. I can't even stand up, you dickhead. How do you know you can't stand up until you try? Because it's going to cramp even worse once I stand up. But then you're going to walk it off and it's going to go away. <laughs> It's gonna be a little painful. I, oh, I promise it's gonna oh be okay. Oh my god, motherfuck. This is crazy, dude. Oh, I can't even. Oh! Bridget. Yeah. Alright. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're good. Okay. Hold on. We're gonna keep going for the sake of this fucking podcast. We have this better get us fucking all kinds of listeners, dude. We talked. Oh my god. <laughs> Have you seen Brain Dead? Did we watch that together? Yeah, it was terrible. No. I thought it was terrible. It was a Kevin Tenney film. He didn't write it, though. No. Um, it was pretty bad, but, I mean, it was half nudity, half gore. So if that's your thing, check it out. It's really low budget. It wasn't as good as I thought it would be. I, I mean, apologize I for cramping. Gonna, oh, that was I guess we're terrible. just gonna, um... I don't remember. Can you hand me that water that I gave you that you didn't fucking drink? Yeah, I had to fucking finish my Dr. Pepper first. (sighs) I wanted the water, fuckhead. Well, you gave it to me. Okay, um, guys. No, I didn't drink enough. This is just how me and Jesse talk to each other, usually when we're not being recorded. I didn't go to the... I went to the gym today, and I didn't drink enough water, so... We're sitting here, we're talking about Demolition University, and my right thigh started, my right thigh started cramping, and then my left one started cramping, and then it turned into this little ordeal that lasted a few minutes. Oh, that fucking sucked. I'm not a fan. I haven't seen either Demolition High or, or, I had to have seen one of them, I vaguely remember it. Yeah. But I don't know if it was high or university. Why did Amy so DeLens go on a kick, though? And then, Nothing I say, man. I'm fucking sweating from those fucking cramps, dude. That's no fucking joke. Alright, well... Anyway. You're on the air, so... Sorry. Suck it up. And I'm no, I don't really edit, so I'm not editing that out, and I hope someone enjoys it, because it fucking sucked for me. It'll either be really funny or really annoying. So he's on pre-production right now for Don't Let Them In. Which says, six friends on their annual camping trip are having a time of their lives enjoying the lake, roasting marshmallows, and telling scary stories around the fire. As the night goes on... As the night goes on... Four gruesome stories are shared. The story of... Okay, and then it goes on and on. So I wonder how this film will be. This is the first film he's done in a little bit. Since, what, Bigfoot? Is that the last movie he did? I didn't see. You know, we really didn't research our tiny shit before. We no, we this. just wanted to spitball because we love yeah. Night of the Demons and well, we I was love hoping Witch that Board. wouldn't come up because we were just gonna focus on those main four that we right. grew up and love. All right. Well, any final thoughts on uh, Kevin Tenney? Um, Kevin. If you're out there, it's not too late. We'll do a whole nother podcast where we prepare by watching all your films we haven't seen, and then we'll discuss those with you. But this is very coming up very desperate. So, um, Audience members, I just want to say 
I'm Brian Tyler. You don't know much about me, actually. But I'm aspiring to be a writer, and I'm working on two things right now. Girls Like Us, which is based on some shitty story that our friend Sean came up with. (laughs) Called the fuck out. I'm trying to make it, you know... Sexy? Yeah, I'm just kidding, though. (laughs) Sean's story was fun. I'm just... You know, trying to figure out what to do with these fuck fucking. So you just fucking you. The only reason you even did this episode was me to hijack it and fucking promote yourself. Well, listen, you, you fucking motherfucker. Get people like you know that are in bands and shit on here. I want to talk about what I'm good at, and I'm working on this other movie. There's gay characters, but it's still uh, after why? What, what does that have to do with anything? A '70s giallo. So for now, I'm calling it Gayallo. But the title will change. And you can find me on Instagram as Brian the Reckless. You guys <laughs> You're love me. Thank you for listening to my friend's podcast. Man, and you fucking have... You're shamelessly plugging your fucking ass. Yes, he's at Instagram at Brian the Reckless. Brian, so it's nice to get you and I just on here and uh, you know it's nice that I had cramps during this fucking episode too yeah I'm very happy with this episode because I took notes and I said everything I wanted to say look at you preparing and shit did you actually write in your phone that you were gonna plug yourself in your writing no interesting I just decided you know, last minute you were gonna hijack this shit actually people deserve to know what's going on in my life <laughs> They deserve... I don't know if anyone deserves to know what's going on in your life, for real. Whether you consider that a good thing or a bad thing. Also, Brian is the most tardy motherfucker in the history of the world. He tells me to pick him up at 7. I show up at his... He texted me at 6.57 and says, Be ready in 20 minutes. I'm on the fucking road, bro, to pick you up. Why did you think that that was appropriate? Why did you think at 6.57 I wouldn't be at your house or near your house and you think that would be the good time to be like, yo, I'll be the, I'll be ready in 20 minutes? I did not realize what time it was. I was just eating my dinner and then I had to take my shower and, you know. You're, you're a mess. You're a shell, but I love you. I love you too. You better. You're you're definitely not a mess. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm not hydrated enough. That's the only mess I really am. You are a fucking mess. But what more than anyone I know? I mean, obviously. Well, something that's interesting to kind of touch upon is you and I did like you know a form of this podcast years ago. Where it was kind of our brainchild. Yeah, it was. That was. We were uploading it to YouTube, right? Yeah. That was before the cr- crux of uh, really knowing how to properly get it out there in a, in a proper podcasting format. And I think we like. The only one I remember doing is I won't mention the name this time, but we ended up talking about this person who. I wouldn't say as well-known in the horror community, but um, you might know her. Um, Yeah, we kind of talked about her for a while. It got really weird, and that's all I have to say about that. So we try to avoid mentioning people by name. Yeah, yeah, we try to keep it... I mean, back then, I guess we really didn't care, and I guess this is going to reach a wider audience than us uploading it to YouTube. We weren't even talking bad about it. No, no. Actually. No. Surprisingly. Yeah. But, 
Uh, so of the of the episodes that you've listened of this, obviously, because all of our friends are reoccurring characters. You know, John, your brother Eric. Yep. Um. Sean's been on. Uh, Lou, uh, you're gonna do um, from dusk till dawn on Lou's podcast, the Capital City Smiths uh, podcast, October built soon. Tomorrow um, night, actually. Tomorrow night. Uh, so what? Uh, what episodes have you enjoyed so far from this podcast? What episodes have I enjoyed from this podcast? Yeah, that you've have you listened to any of them? Have you supported or have you been a pricked faced fuck? My favorite one that I wasn't involved in. <laughs> Was the George Romero one. And I didn't remember this one before tonight because you have done so many podcasts and I try to keep up. I haven't done that many. Looking back, the Toby Hooper one, you know, George Romero and Toby Hooper was just so tough for like people like us to deal with. So it was really nice that you did those. To gush, yeah. And but personally, my favorite ones are the ones that I'm involved in, and I think this one is now my favorite because I got to talk the most. Yeah, I mean, I I appreciate that you are as vain as me. You're not forthcoming as forthcoming and as admittive of being so vain as vain as I am. But I appreciate that you said that the best podcasts that I've done are the ones that you've been on. And the George Romero. And the George Romero. Don't be over. But anyway, you can find us at iTunes, on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, Search Heart Guide Media. Um, If you're on iTunes, if you have any kind of Apple products, you can download the podcast app, subscribe for free, and they will get downloaded automatically to your Apple device. You can rate and review, preferably five stars, if you think it's worthy of that. Um, SoundCloud, you can follow us. Instagram, we are at HeartGuide Media. You can follow us there. Um, spread the word because this is kind of word of mouth. Like I said, I'm not really someone that's going to um, pay these blank pages to you know get 30,000 followers or whatever like that. Um, and right now, it's just kind of existing uh, amongst a group of friends. And I'm doing this for friends that you know are talking on here and you know the the small following that we do have it's uh it's fun to communicate with people and and see that there are people listening even if it's a smaller number uh it's a lot of fun and uh i love having my friends on i love just talking and breaking stuff down we've had these conversations endlessly right brian We've had these yes. conversations just endlessly, yes. but now we're just recording them more or less. I don't even. Well, I don't think we've had this in depth conversation. No, about definitely Kevin not. Tenney, which is why I was so excited to do this one. Yeah, but uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, on Twitter. We are at Heartguide Media. You can follow us on there. Uh, like I said, if you're enjoying this, if you're a horror fan, spread the word. Um, if you uh, are on social media, we are on Instagram and Twitter. Like I just said, at Heart God Media. Uh, but we are also going to have a episode about Night of the Living Dead 1990. Tom Savini directed it. And that's going to be a really fun episode uh, to dive into, too. So it's October. It's nearing the end of October now, which is crazy. But, uh, yeah, it's Halloween season. So do yourself a favor. Pop on Night of the Demons. Enjoy my favorite Kevin Tenney film and one of my favorite films 
Um, and yeah, this is Jesse HS. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Inside each man there's a sinner